There's been so much written about the Great Resignation and the fact that literally hundreds of thousands of workers are abandoning their job and looking for not only work but an environment that's more fulfilling. And there are a lot of lessons to be gleaned from what's happening in the workplace, but nothing perhaps as important as the need, the demand that companies shift their culture to be more employee-centric, to put more emphasis on what are the conditions that are required for people not only to be at their best, but to feel very comfortable in terms of how they show up to work. So Joyce and I, we ripped about much needed culture change given the chaos and divisiveness that exists in today's world. We hope you'll enjoy this episode, and I have a feeling we're going to be talking about it uh, a lot as time goes on. So come on in, grab a snack, welcome. Hey, Bob. Hey, Joyce. Hey, I'm snackless snackless today. (laughs) What? You better get something. It's the longest day of the year. Do you realize that? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you got to. Nope, nope, nope. I'm in boot camp. I've been told, (laughs) you know, I took three years off to kind of care for David. And now I, my body is saying, honey, get busy. So I'm in boot camp. Um, You. Yeah, so. We were talking before we went online that we talked about the fully human leadership model and uh, what it had in it and how we have skipped a generation from, I would say we were generally at command and control light. Yeah. And many organizations were trying, how do, how do we work without being command and control? And there are a ton that we're still going, are you kidding? We're command and control, but we fake it. <laughs> we fake that. <them laughs> uh, and I still think that goes on. Um, and we had said, yeah, but you, we have skipped a generation. world has moved us where the, the evolving leadership traits weren't going to cut it. We have to jump to new and get used to that. Um, and you were saying, I think, how... What does an organization do given that this whole generation of experience has been jumped? Yes. And I think the transition is from command and control to a more fully human workplace with still the pleasure and reality of high demand for production. Yes. So yeah. Add yeah. That. yeah. Well, what I would add is, uh, you know, what does leadership have to do with culture? Well, I'm not saying it's everything, but it's an awful darn lot, meaning that yeah. that leaders, good leaders, uh, CEOs, they know that their behavior can help shift the behavior and the priorities within their organization. So as we say, those leaders are skipping a generation in terms of how they lead, what would be the potential impact uh, for the culture of companies that are kind of going through the dynamic changes uh, given today's world. Yeah. I think if I think about, I have one of my family uh, kids and their family are moving and 
thinking of how they manage their daughter is a somewhat, well, so here are some things that came to my mind. There's a soothing that's needed that says, and clarity, soothing and clarity matter a lot. Here's what's going to happen. Here's how it's going to be. But in an organization, you're going to co-create that. Yes. So we are making a big change. What do we want to be sure stays familiar? How do we do that? And the world has demanded that we move forward. So we have to recognize that that is hard work because we haven't yet quite defined where we're going. We're on a trip. So bring along something that's familiar. What is it that you want to bring along that's familiar and comforting? Uh, when Hannaford was sold, I remember thinking, not, not our trademark. That can't change. <laughs> not that. Because... <laughs> Um, so there's the soothing part of we are all of us together in a profound change and it's uncomfortable and it's going to stay uncomfortable. But remember, here's what hasn't changed. I am your leader. <laughs> um, <laughs> good, good or bad, but no, um, what hasn't changed is that you are good people. The work we do is good. And if that is not true, then all, it doesn't matter to say anything. <laughs> so we're assuming uh, some basic human leadership. Um, we are anxious. When we get anxious, we get into our heads and we create uh, uh, foolishness, <laughs> you know, anxiety that's not needed. And when it's deep anxiety, it's hard to talk. So facilitating talking about the anxiety that people carry. I think, does that kick it off? Yeah, I, th I think it does. What you shared, and uh, I'll make it tangible, two things that I thought about as I was mm -hmm. listening to you. Uh, if I look at many organizations have what I call a culture of competitiveness, uh, mm -hmm. It's typically described as a healthy competition. Mm -hmm. And if I look at the world ahead, uh, there's got to be a whole lot more cooperation mm -hmm. and a whole lot uh, more sharing. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and that goes beyond the walls of an organization. If, if you think about what Elon Musk did with Tesla, where he said, I'm going to, I'm going to share the technology of an electric car with the industry in uh, a sense that all of us benefit. So that whole uh, being less competitive and seeing where you can share resources, both within a company and outside a company. The other area, and I, I don't want to call it being perfect or perfectionism, but in today's world, getting it just right or getting it perfect uh, is probably the enemy of mm -hmm. organizational mm -hmm. shifting. And so that whole notion of uh, you know, creating experiments, creating, you know, uh, uh, in real time prototypes that you can test pretty quickly, maybe fail. That seems to be the model going forward, as opposed to, you know, we're going to get this just right. 
before we implement it. So those are two tangible things that I yes, think. And, and celebrating good enough. We're moving forward. It's good enough. But what allows you to collaborate or cooperate? So what, what is the culture that needs to be nourished or the behaviors? What, and I'm looking right at you, what uh, supports you being cooperative or collaborative? Uh, I can think of two things uh, that involves the CEO and uh, OD. Yeah. Uh, you know, from a leadership standpoint, I think um, being clear you know, you talked about what do we need to carry forward? What do we need to let go of? I think that if if a CEO is very clear about distinguishing, you know, what used to be referred to as healthy competition uh, versus uh, a spirit of cooperation and then give real tangible examples of that. Uh, so that's kind of the declarative, here's where we're going. I think from an OD standpoint, and you did it and I did it, uh, at both Hannaford and Food Lion, you know, if you have groups that aren't talking to one another or are downright competing with one another, whether mm -hmm. it be financial resources, whether it be people, uh, we created shifts in the process uh, mm -hmm. in terms of how people communicated, who was in the room, uh, that I think ultimately uh, at least fostered that spirit of cooperation. Those are the two examples that come to mind. Yes, and in... in doing that, like if marketing wasn't talking to merchandising or um, two points, think outside of structure. Yes. So to say who needs to come together, regardless of structure, to create a more cooperative, collaborative approach. And the very simple design that we did is um, bringing together various combative people to say, I want you to know from our group, we need to succeed and here's how you harm us and here's how you want to am i making you are i don't know whether there's something going on with your audible but why don't you um listen to me i'm not the tech so here's this real important point you're good now i can hear you perfectly so, oh. Lean back. You can't lean into your microphone. <laughs> but I, I'm a good leaner in. Okay, I'm going to really back up. So the simple design for more collaboration was to bring together those that were kind of warring. Yeah. It doesn't have to be dramatic. But to have each group say, here's our goal and it's pushing us. Here's what you do that messes that up for us. Here's where you are, a barrier. And here's what we ask of you for support. Can you do it? That's all it takes. I remember the first time I did that, I thought, well, it'll be half day. We went for a whole day and asked for another half day. And... It, was always, it always is surprising what comes out, always. The other thing, too, I think, is um, how to structure collaboration and cooperation in a company so that it gets rewarded. Where, where does the financial reward 
for collaboration come from. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'm, I, I'm thinking of that, the, where do I get grounded so that I am secure enough to collaborate? We are, most of us, I'll put myself in there, fearful and anxious about my own safety in the world, yeah. my, my resources, my health. And I would say I bet most people in the company experience that as well. So how do we help people collaborate while anxious? Anxiety just is. Oh, yeah. No, it's in the system. Yeah. Yeah. I had another point, but my own crazy voice. Well, you know something? Out of me. Let, let me, I just want to build on what you just said. Okay. I think uh, in, in organizations, a culture can lead to where the conversations happen in terms of focus and attention. And there are perhaps sacred cows that literally are topics that you, you won't discuss. And I would say in today's world, a culture that embraces voluntarily going into those dark spots and having a conversation is exactly what needs to happen. Yep. So whether it be how teams are working together, how our standing is in the world in terms of competition, uh, and, and looking at where, you know, much like the US and slavery, uh, going to those places and having a conversation, uh, not only in terms of healing, but also, you know, uh, emerging stronger. Go where there be dragons. Go where there be dragons. I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> I'm thinking how the in thing now is empathy and mental health yeah. and how to keep that from being cosmetic ah. it interests me. Yeah, there, there's almost, so there's almost an art as a leader, whether it be being vulnerable uh, or um, leading into conversations of not knowing and, and leaning into others uh, that that I think is is critical when I look at leadership and how do you uh, find your true and authentic voice. If you if you try to be someone you're not, then it's not going to work. Um, Although you can also do things awkwardly and they're still appreciated. Yes. Oh, yeah. Makes you human. The intention is good, but you have just never had. Um, a natural empathetic voice and you're talking to me, I'll appreciate that effort. Yeah. So what, I, so what I'm really saying is everybody needs to be on their green growing edge. Yeah. Now. And that needs to be acknowledged and supported. Um, by HR. We are, not, you know, we are now going to have more real conversations and we're also, this doesn't mean, and I know this is, this doesn't mean being soft. No. It, 
being real so that you can produce like crazy, so that you don't have all the noise of scare and anxiety and anger uh, and a lot of that coming from the external world. The company's not generating it. The world is. Yeah. But to name that reality, hey, we're trying to continue to serve customers well while our families are floundering and our, we have kids at homeschool. You know, we are, I think it's also nice to say we are in just a really, really tough moment on a worldwide basis. What helps? Boom. And if I were the CEO, I would be pulling together multi-level, multi-functional. I could not lead without hearing more personally. Yeah. At least once a week, I would want to have 25 people to come have lunch with me and ask that question and listen. So... Um... I couldn't lead without that in this period of time. Yeah. And I can give an example of a company that's doing great work right. on some change, and then they're spreading it by cascading down. And I think there would be more rich growth if that weren't done at one level, but mixed levels in the organization. So you hear voices differently. The concerns are different. So from an OD point of view, the more you can get it multi-level, multi-everything, yeah. the better. The, the one thing I would add to that, and, and once again, in the context of culture change in this world, I think when people think of cascading, they think of a pyramid with leadership mm -hmm. at the top and it dribbles down. Right, right. And what really is required is turning the pyramid upside down mm -hmm. and literally allowing those layers of the organization be able to talk to one another so that the information is flowing in both directions. Yep. Uh, you know, and that's uh, or sideways. <laughs> it's our side. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, in terms of cross-functional. Yeah. Well, you raise uh, a good point because I think of a culture. Uh, I think of structures. I think of things that are soothing. Here's how we do things around here. Here's how we do meetings. And uh, I think coming in and literally, as you just said, engaging in a different conversation. Uh, is one great example of how, how do you shift the culture uh, in a way that, uh, that ultimately makes it more competitive in the marketplace? I, oops, I had a thought and I can't, I don't know where it went. <laughs> By the way, I've been told I have a very young brain. Isn't that great? I went to a neurologist. <laughs> I can't remember anything, but he said, you've got a very brave, uh, young brain. <laughs> um, and I don't like, I think we, I mentioned this before we started, I don't like to announce a culture change or honest to goodness, when people talk about transformation now, yeah. what do you mean? Is it from command and control to collaboration? That's one piece of it, but um that's why I loved our vision-based work. Then you knew where you were wanting to go or where it was needed. So transformation, let's define it. Um, that's, a, that's a tough dance 
Joyce, because if I look at the urgency for cultures mm -hmm. to shift, shift processes, uh, shift hierarchy, yeah. uh, shift communication, mm -hmm. uh, if you want speed, uh, I think you naturally would default to being prescriptive. Now hear this, now hear this, starting tomorrow. When in fact, it's probably what you're describing that ultimately, even though it's kind of invisible uh, and uh, you know, slightly underneath the radar range in terms of uh, uh, the change that you're trying to encourage, uh, but it probably accelerates it when it's happening by uh, the collective as opposed to leadership. Well, but listen to our language, the, the thinking of from the leader's pers perspective, sure. what is the change that you're trying to make happen? We have a, a leader doing two embedded in our brains. Yeah. If I, in fact, I was going to do an article about it, looking at the Harvard <laughs> Business Review topics. It's how do how do we leaders make people do this? Yeah. How do we instead of how do we, which is messier? But all change to the good or the bad is a mess. And you have to grow through it, not go through it. You have to grow through it. Yes. And you either spend time at the beginning sharing the need and growing the energy for it, or you say, here's the change, and, and you spend a lot of time doing mop-up because you didn't get clear at the beginning. So it's like change, X change, the time is going to stay um, permanent. How, how much do you want to ease it by taking a big piece at the time to co-create? And that scares the crap out of leaders that are running fast, 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 yeah. fast. Yeah, um, control. You know, I can mm -hmm. control and be soothed by saying, okay, I can check that off. I've created this mandate. So, Joyce, uh, oh, we've, we've only got a couple more minutes. So. Mm. Um, I don't know if we can put a neat bow. We've done less laughing in this episode uh, than many that I remember. Really? Well, we did. We about a serious conversation. Well, there's a thing right there. You want to have people live through change, develop a sense of humor. Yeah. So, um, yes. Yeah, so what were you going to ask? Well, What's the, if, you, if you had some closing comments as we talk about uh, culture change in today's kind of frenetic, uh, you know, uh, challenging environment. Allowing the truth to exist. Yeah. Scrounging around as a leader to get a reality base for yourself so you can do some unilateral action where it's correct and right and know that you are all <laughs> at different levels experiencing the world as not stable having to find you find your way yeah you know, a, a strategic plan isn't going to cut it no. so feel free to meander i don't know well, you know, I, I, I don't think you can put a neat bow on it. I, I think what I would say is uh, if I look at many cultures uh, in organizations, they have a tendency to be kind of siloed. So whether it be uh, my job, my department, 
uh, my region. Uh, yeah. Seems like everyone is attentive to their work. And if I think about culture change, uh, those uh, you know barriers uh, that exist almost have to evaporate. And I mean that in the broadest sense. Which is why you've got, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, you know, I we've used the expression before, line of sight. It's like every employee, every person in an organization has to have a line of sight that is a lot further out. Uh, and how do you how do you embrace that and make it a part of the culture? Well, I think, and that's why there's a shift in principles and guidelines as opposed to structural tight lines. Yeah. Because when you take away that tight structure and don't replace it with guidelines, then you're going to double the anxiety. Yeah. So what guides us when we step away from structure? Oof, there's a book that I won't write, but it's a good one. It could be written there. Well, look, I think we're going to talk about this more uh, in an episode coming up, because I think in many respects, we just scratched the surface. I'm going to be good and just say bye. Bye-bye. Besides uh, uh, laughing and enjoying each other's company, uh, Joyce and I have both learned so much in the last year doing this podcast. And our hope is that you as a listener are continuing your learning, uh, helping not only to maintain that edge, but get a sharper edge in this work we call HROD. So uh, thanks for joining us. And until next time, be well and be safe.